0: The following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of MyTalk 107.1. You are going to be the best mom. I have an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651 641 1071. Or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us for The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071 i I'm Ms. Shannon, and we have great information, as always, for all of the moms out there, all of the mom-like beings that are listening to My Talk 1071. And even if you're not a mom, if you just really need some great information, this is a perfect place for you to stop by. You can always get the previous episodes at mytalk 1071com keyword mom show. And we are basically a repository of expert information. So we have a rotating panel of experts that come in and just talk to you about some great things that you really would like to know and maybe you've gotten some misinformation and sometimes, like the things we're going to talk about today with our expert, some things that you wish you knew and you just go, Oh no, my life is in complete disarray now. And I don't know how to get out of this problem. So we are going to help you with that because we are joined today by Jeff Sheridan from Sheridan and Doulas. Good morning, Jeff. Good
1: morning, Shannon. How are you today?
0: <laughs> I am doing outstanding. And I yeah. always appreciate it when you come in because, uh, we want to remind all of our My Talkers that, uh, Jeff, you are, um, a criminal attorney here and you and your partners over at Sheridan and Doulas basically handle a lot of different things that, uh, our My Talkers could barely be impacted by. So you do the criminal side of things. We know that our friend Deanne Dulles does the family attorney, but you also have people that help with small business things, all the things that you could possibly need in the legal world.
1: Yep. We've got a a nice little suburban law firm and uh, basically address any of the needs that people have, any legal needs that folks have, estate planning, family law, everything.
0: And you do the criminal side of things. And, i i mean you've talked about this before that you didn't initially go i'm going to be a criminal defense attorney right no in
1: fact it was exactly the opposite right i I intended my my expectation when i started law school is that i'd end up being a prosecutor and someday become a judge and Mm -hmm. uh, as uh, fate would have it i ended up uh, in a job in the uh, federal public defender's office helping out folks and uh you know, it was, it, it's it was a real live opening experience to you know meet with real live human beings uh, who were trying their best to make sure that their lives were not judged by the very worst day in it. Right, uh, and uh, it it. it it just changed my whole look outlook on the practice of law.
0: And we are going to cover some topics this morning and we never encourage people to go out there and be giant scofflaws. We're not saying that you should Absolutely just go willy nilly, just try and break the law. And here's how we get around it. It's more the opposite is if you end up in a scenario and something you thought it was, a, you, you, you made a mistake and how do you handle it? And what are the pitfalls sometimes that even though you think you are handling it in a responsible manner, Sometimes you're missing something and it can impact you for years to come.
1: Yeah. And we're today we're going to talk about DWIs and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, DWI, I always tell folks, it's the only crime you can commit while sleeping.
0: Yeah. right. I mean,
1: people come out of a bar, they don't feel like they're safe to drive. And so they say, you know what, I'm going to do the responsible thing. I'm just going to curl up in the backseat of my car and go to sleep. Uh, and, uh, you know, frankly, it makes you a sit and duck because right. the police come by after bar time, find you asleep in the car. And if it's, you know, Minnesota in the wintertime, you got the car running. Uh, now you've committed a DWI when your whole uh, uh, intent uh, was to do the safe thing and not go out on the road. Um, you know, we have this this weird law that says that uh, it's a it's not a crime uh, for you to drive at a .079. Right. Uh, but it is a crime for you to drive at a 0.080. Um, and, you know, how you decide whether you're willing to flirt with that line uh, when you're, uh, you know, walking out of the bar, right. Uh, you know, this is, this is a crime that gets committed by mistake. There, there is no intent element to a DWI. You don't have to have done it on purpose. And usually when we think about crimes, we think about a combination of a guilty act together with a guilty mind right. that I did a bad thing. I did a naughty thing and I intended to do that naughty thing. And DWI is one of those rare crimes where there is no element of intent at all.
0: And if anybody has any questions, you can always contact us here on The Mom Show. If you want to uh, talk to Jeff, you can call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. But I do want to remind everybody that Jeff is an attorney. And the information that we are talking about this morning may sound like it applies to you. But this is not specific legal advice for you. We uh, encourage you to go and seek counsel to ask questions and get specific information regarding your uh, scenarios that are out there. But we can kind of help set you up and go, does this sound right? Does this sound wrong? And then kind of put you on the right path, right?
1: I've done, I've done thousands of DWI cases and frankly, no two of them are alike.
0: And one of the things you said before we were coming, uh, w- before we uh, uh, opened the mics here on the Mom Show, is you were talking about the complexity of the DWI laws and statutes, and yep. that it's obviously one of the most complicated things to navigate.
1: Absolutely. the The, the um, Minnesota has this criminal code book that all of us uh, criminal lawyers carry around with us. A big, right. F- big fat. Uh, Uh, criminal code book and in that criminal code book there's a statute in there that says you shouldn't go around killing people and if you do you got to go to prison for the rest of your life right Uh, first degree murder the most serious crime you can commit in the state of minnesota and that statute takes up three quarters of one page in that criminal code book all right minnesota's dwi law as of july 1st of 2017 is now 46 pages long. Wow. 46 pages to say you shouldn't go around drinking and driving. If you do, you got to go to jail for a little while. Doesn't really sound like a 46 page concept. No. Right?
0: You know, put so, the Lyft and the Uber app on your phone and don't get in the car. There you go. And don't believe um, our friend, if your friend says if you fall asleep in the back of the car, just throw your keys out the window. Don't believe any things that it, your
1: friends tell you. Yeah, <laughs> all, all sorts of uh, great wives tales out there and uh, almost none of them will do you any good. So. <laughs> well,
0: well, again, the number is six five one six four one one zero seven one. That's six five one six four one 641 1071 And let's just break it down. So let's, because uh, we're going to get into some of the uh, specifics on how you end up so deep into the miasma of the DWI process. But again, can you sum up in a couple of minutes what the basic law is? Like how do, you know, so what am I supposed to do?
1: Sure. Okay. So the law says, and in Minnesota specifically, it's uh, that you're not supposed to drive, operate, or be in physical control of a motor vehicle uh, under certain circumstances. For instance, have a, a while under the influence of alcohol or while under the influence of a drug or while having an alcohol concentration of 0.08 or more or while having the presence of a Schedule One or Schedule Two controlled substance in your system. So these are just some of the examples of the things that you can't have in your body uh, when you're um, uh, either driving, operating, or controlling a motor vehicle.
0: Okay, and is that controlling part of it where a lot of people kind of just get into the gray area?
1: Oh, that's that's where lots and lots of folks get okay. into trouble. So okay. that's the that's the I'm going to sleep it off in the car right. uh, scenario, uh, and uh, you know find out the hard way that uh, while you were trying to do the right thing. Uh, you were treated just as though you had decided to try and drive try to a highway
0: 100. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so when I am making these decisions and my life choices, do you usually just, uh, if we're telling people to, the, the right thing, is it just, if you had a cocktail, just err on the side of cautious and don't even try? Well, obviously that's
1: a safe, a safe thing to right. do, Right. you know, but, uh, but the, the, the complicating factor is that in Minnesota drinking and driving isn't illegal. It is not illegal to drive a car unless you're under the influence of alcohol or you're at the uh, or above the legal limit. Okay. And and so that's where things get a little more complicated.
0: Because it does just seem like there's, you know, again, we're not trying to encourage people to dance on that line. But where do, is that where people normally get stuck? Is that they go, I thought I was just going to drive, you know, I mean, it's difficult to say at any point when we're counseling people. This was probably going to be okay, right? Is there anything at that point where you could just explain it away?
1: Sure, and the you know the the you know I always tell people that you know drinking uh, can make you more hilarious, can make you more charming, can make you all sorts of stuff. The one thing it doesn't do is make you smarter, right? Um, <clears throat> and the problem is, I is agree with you the, the from more, experience. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> the more you drink, the less smart you are, and uh, and and then you're making that decision. Probably at the wrong point in the in the whole evening uh, about whether you're safe to drive a car. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people who are absolutely, you know, they have a sort of a metered way of going about it. And they know that if they drink one alcoholic beverage an hour, one beer an hour, uh, that they're never going to get anywhere near uh, the line, right? Um, but the problem is, is you might lose count, or somebody at the bar might say, "Hey, let's do a shot," right. and suddenly it's not your one beer an hour. And again, alcohol doesn't make you smarter. Exactly. So yet, you, your it doesn't help you with your counting skills either. So.
0: <laughs> yes, you're probably not getting better at making good life choices the Pro- more co- the more you consume.
1: Probably not. And so that's why you know, obviously, the the safest way is uh, to never get behind the wheel of the car is anything other than a passenger. Although I'll tell you. I've had people who are in the car as a passenger and somebody else is driving them uh, somewhere. They run out of gas. The, the driver gets out of the car, walks to the gas station. In the meantime, the trooper shows up and there's a guy passed out in the passenger seat. The car, the keys are in the ignition uh, maybe the car is registered to him, and uh, as the guy is walking back with the gas can, who by the way is also drunk, he oh, he sees the lights, turns around, and walks the other <laughs> way. And now you know. Now you got a guy who never once operated the vehicle or intended to. Uh, is now finding himself in physical control of the vehicle while over the legal limit.
0: Well, we are going to dive deeper into what's going on with these WWI lies, and specifically talk about how the consequences can affect you and how you really need to talk to an attorney and why that is the best course of action for you, but also why it might be very difficult for some people to do. So we're going to cover that when we get back here on The Mom Show with our friend Jeff Sheridan from Sheridan & Dulles. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon, joined by Jeff Sheridan from Sheridan and Dulas. You can always get their information by going to the Mom Show page on MyTalk1071.com, but you can also go to their website, ssdpa.com, because we do encourage you to seek counsel if you end up in any of these situ- situations, because, you know, this is the kind of thing that we remind people. It's better to not end up in this scenario at all. But if you get in this scenario, this is the thing that you really need to have help with. Right, Jeff?
1: You know, Ms. Shannon, we we do a free consultation for every kind of case. So there's, you know, I mean, when I talk to somebody about a DWI, it usually takes me about an hour and a half to go through and explain in, in detail how all of this works. And, you know, you get a free hour and a half with a lawyer to actually tell you what this is going to be rather than, or be like rather than you sitting there and wringing your hands and trying to figure it out. Take, take the hour and a half, come meet with, uh, you know, meet with me, meet with a lawyer, uh, who can uh, actually tell you what uh, the, the real world impact is, uh, of these kinds of th- situations.
0: Because we're going to get to the part of the story where they uh, will tell you that you can uh, seek counsel and t- uh, go and take the time to speak to an attorney and why you really should take that to heart yep. and do that. Because a lot of times, especially if we watch too much television, we go, oh, no, no, the people who are uber guilty are always the one that do that. And they may, they kind of villainize Acting, asking for an attorney yeah. and we're going, no, here's ones. why the smart
1: yeah. ones ask for lawyers. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like,
0: you should yeah. do this. Yeah. So let's say I made a mistake. I was out hanging out with my girlfriends. We decided we we're going to have a few wine spritzers. I'm on my way home and I get pulled over. What domino effect does that start, Jeff?
1: Well, the process itself, I mean the, you know, obviously the 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 trooper, the the police officer stands at your window and the mm-hmm. first thing they do is stick their head down very close to your to your face and right. they want to see if they they can smell alcohol on your breath. And if they can, you're going to end up out of the car. That's, right. that's going to happen. Okay. Um. And so the officer will order you out of the car, get you to the back of the car, between the squad car and your car. The reason they do that is because they're videotaping uh, out of the windshield of their car, okay. the encounter.
0: And we've all seen like those dash cam yep. footage. That's, things now. that's
1: yep. what this is all about. So they're trying to gather evidence. Uh, that will ultimately be uh, used against you in court. Uh, right. Or, you know, it may well be that you perform the tests beautifully and they uh, put you back in the seat and send you on your merry way. Right. Uh, that's not the video that I usually get to watch. <laughs> right. You know, these, these roadside tests, first of all, they're designed in a way that, that that it's very subjective. I mean, they talk about these objective clues of impairment. but. Frankly, they're they're designed in a way that most people, whether they're impaired or not impaired, are not going to be able to pass them. Right. Uh, And the um, uh, and that's all going to end up being broadcast in living color in front of a jury at some point in the case. Right. So you have the right. And if you think about it, you know, from your days back in civics class that you're under no legal obligation to provide this kind of evidence uh, to the government. Um, and we talked in previous shows about my favorite question is just to simply ask the police officer, do, do I, I have, have to? to Right? What? and so, we're not
0: encouraging you to be flip well, and get yourself you know, in more trouble, but you do have the right to go. Is this something that I have to do right, right.
1: now? And it's okay. all about the power differential. They mm-hmm. have a bunch of information. They know how this process works and what's going to happen. Uh, and the driver doesn't, so right. you have you, it's a, it's a huge power differential and there's not a reason in the world that you can't politely ask a police officer, "Do I have to do that?" Right. So when they say, "I want to have you stand on one foot and you know uh, put your you know toe parallel to the ground, do this," I'm going to have you do this, count out loud, thousand one, thousand two, thousand three. There's not a reason in the world that you couldn't ask, "Do I have to do that?" Right. Because the officer's got two choices. He's either going to lie to you and say yes, you mm-hmm. do have to, and I'll be able to fight about whether that's going to be able to be used against you in court. Or he's going to tell you the truth, and the truth is you absolutely have no legal obligation to perform any of those tests on the roadside. Right. Now, you may very well end up arrested anyway. Yes. Uh, but, you know, you end up uh, in the back of a squad car. You're being taken down to the station. And once you get down to the station, there begins a very different formal process uh, under what's called our implied consent law. Okay. Uh, and at that point, the officer has to read you an advisory uh, that advises you of many things, uh, you know, you that the law requires you to take a, a breath test to determine if you're under the influence of alcohol, that refusing that test, the one down at the station, right. is a crime.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um, which is important information. They don't tell you, by the way, that not only is refusing to take the test a crime, but it's actually a more serious crime. Oh, really? Than driving drunk, which would be helpful information. Yes. To have. So I can <laughs> make you,
0: decisions. Yes. yes. Okay. If you're
1: actually trying to encourage someone to take the test, you might want to mention. Oh, and by the way, if you refuse the test, it's actually a more serious good crime. Good to know. Yes. It so would be good to there's know.
0: a difference between the test that they might. Uh, the, so there's we're, now we're three tests in. Technically, there could be the visual test. There could be the blow into this in my car test, the portable test. OK, yep. and then there's a different one. The one that's serious is the one if you refuse the one that's actually at the station. Correct. The, okay. ev-
1: e- the evidentiary test down at the station. That's the one. OK, that the law makes it a crime for you to refuse.
0: OK. Fair enough.
1: And uh, then the most important piece of information that you get during that advisory process is that you have the right to consult with an attorney before making your decision about testing.
0: Oh, okay. So if I say I want to speak to an attorney before I take the next test at the station, that is not illegal.
1: Nope. Okay. That's an absolute right. The one for drivers back in 1991 uh, by our Supreme Court. Uh, saying yes, you absolutely have the right to consult with an attorney. You're making a very important decision that's going to have different consequences depending on which path path you take, and in each individual driver may have a different reason for wanting to choose one path over right. the other. Um, so that's why you have the right to talk to a lawyer at that point, and they'll say that's fine, and they'll provide you with phone books of 24-hour. Uh, lawyers who will answer your call. Um, Our, our firm will answer your call in the middle of the night. uh, If you're there making a tough decision, right. And uh, and we'll give you that, that information that you're going to need so that you make a right decision.
0: All right. So let's say we're still at the, uh, down at the station, Jeff, Mm -hmm. what happens to me next? If I go, okay, I've talked to my attorney. They say I did the right thing. Yep. And the attorney says, go ahead and blow into it. What else should I know though? Well, the other thing, the,
1: the, The three things that we basically tell lawyer or tell uh, people who call us in the middle of the night, uh, three basics. Number one, take the test. Okay. All right. Uh, You know, refusing the test is generally not a good idea. There are some rare circumstances where we might give you that advice. But as a general rule. OK. We'll tell you to take the test. It gives us something to fight about down the road. Right. Uh, Number two, uh, get your own test. Um, And that's a particular uh, of particular concern at this point in Minnesota, because the devices that the state are uh, is using right now, the device that the state is using right now, this data master breath test device. Is actually not functioning the way the manufacturer intended it to to work.
0: Oh goodness!
1: Uh, so the 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 uh, you know we bought all these fancy machines, and by we I mean all of us taxpayers right. bought all this fancy high tech equipment, and the state has apparently decided that it costs too much to maintain it, uh, the fancy stuff. So they have actually hobbled the machine in a way that that eliminates. Much of its analytical uh, uh, capability. Uh, So, the second thing we tell people to do is look, you don't know if that machine's working. You don't know if that guy knows how to run it. So, the second thing you do is tell them or is to get an independent test. And you absolutely have the right to an independent test. and if you're going to be held in custody, they have to give you access so that you can make the arrangement right there at the place where you're being held in custody.
0: Okay, so, so that those that independent test will then be valid as well.
1: Yeah okay you you're just you have the right to defend yourself and one of the ways you get to defend yourself is by is the right to collect evidence to use in your defense. That means they have to give somebody access uh, uh, you know someone to come in and get a blood or a urine test from you and then you get a res- you'll get two results. Got it. So you don't get to choose what test the state uses. They're they're generally going to go with the breath test, but right. you don't you don't get to decide that. The state gets to decide where they're going to get their evidence from. Right. But you do have this independent right, and that's the one thing that they used to include in the advisory and has now been removed. So the only way most people ever learn of this right to an independent test is by exercising the right to talk to a lawyer. All
0: right, well, we're going to have some more information on why you should talk to a lawyer if you're in this scenario, and also some other things to arm yourself in case you are being judged on the worst day of your life versus what usually might be what kind of my talker you are. We're going to have that information and more here on The Mom Show when we return with Jeff Sheridan from Sheridan & Doulas. Welcome back to The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon, and every week we have a different expert that comes in and talks to you about some very important information that can affect your life. And we encourage you to call in if you have any questions for our expert. The number is 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And today we've been talking to Jeff Sheridan, uh, one of the chief instigators from Sheridan and Dulas. And you have actually done a lot over uh, the course of your career to work on Improving access for Minnesotans with these kind of laws, and 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 it seems like it's been a constant battle.
1: (laughs) Well, it's absolutely a constant Mm -hmm. battle. I mean, the the uh, we'll talk in a minute about the the you know the fact that the state gets two bites at you for a DWI case. Right. Um, You know, we think of the the sort of the traditional presumed innocent, proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt model. Uh, but Minnesota's Dwi laws, I, I would I have argued and would argue is probably among the most un-American pieces of legislation on the books today. Goodness, okay. Yeah.
0: well, we were talking about the scenario of, okay, you've gotten pulled over. You get down to the police station. You go ahead and you take the test that they require you to take, and now we're to the point that it turns out, okay, I am over the limit according to this test. Right. What according happens, to this
1: piece of equipment. Yes. According
0: right. to this test, I'm over the limit. Sure. What happens next, for so, me, Jeff?
1: Actually, two things are going to happen. Uh, first of them, uh, the first of those is the what we think of as the traditional criminal justice system. The okay. officer is going to issue you a traffic citation, charging you with driving while impaired. The second thing that happens is the officer also issues you a bunch of paperwork having to do with your driver's license. Okay. Uh, And believe it or not, the officer uh, uh, acting on behalf of the uh, commissioner of public safety has the authority to immediately revoke your driver's license for either refusing to take the test. Okay. Or testing at greater than uh, the legal limit.
0: Okay. So So either way. Your license is now revoked.
1: Correct. Okay. So he'll, he's going to issue you something called a seven-day notice and order of revocation and a seven-day temporary license. Okay. Uh, and that starts this seven-day fuse. Seven days later, your your privilege to drive is revoked. Forever. Well, it's revoked for a period of time. Each okay. one of them carries its own, rev. Uh, you know, a, a, a f, if we're talking about a first-time DWI over 0.08, but under a 0.16, that's going to be a 90-day license revocation. All right. Um, uh, if it's a refusal, it's going to be a year. If you test at a 0.16 or more, it's going to be a year. Okay. So each one of these has their own consequence that's associated with it. But that consequence is actually meted out by a participant in the game. Right. Okay. This is this, there's not a referee. There's not a judge no. who's telling you your license. It's is not a neutral revoked. party. Right. This right. is one of the players is now saying, I hereby revoke your driver's license on behalf of the commissioner of public safety. Not only do they get to do that, revoke the license, but they get to put the fact that they did that onto your driving record.
0: So every time I get pulled over, it says that my license has been revoked.
1: If you're uh, right. So, uh, you know, that's going to come up on the computer every time it's going to show that your license was revoked either for refusing an alcohol test or for testing it uh, above the legal limit. Okay, And so that that you know most people think of that as well all right that's an inconvenience and i'm well i'm willing to take that whack um but i'm going to fight this DWI charge right. right so we we go to court and we think we're fighting the whole thing most people yes. and in most states that's true right where the where the judge as part of the punishment for the DWI conviction would also make a determination with regard to the license revocation but in Minnesota that's absolutely not the case the uh, the judge in the criminal case has zero authority to take any action with regard to a person's driver's license.
0: Oh, okay. So, so I have to start a whole nother case you're saying, Jeff.
1: That's correct. So okay. so we look at this and you know the 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 uh, we're we're entitled to uh, to due process of law to to protect our life, liberty and property. Right. So when we talk about life and liberty, that's the death penalty and jail, those two things have always enjoyed the protections of the criminal justice system. So the presumption of innocence, trial by jury, proof beyond a reasonable doubt, free lawyers for people of modest means, you know, public defenders, all of that stuff is all associated with the criminal side of the case. Okay. And so you can go to court and you can go through the trial and have a jury find you not guilty, right? Right. Acquit you of the charge. But if you haven't also fought the driver's license revocation, you will have a DWI on your driving record for the rest of your life, even if you're acquitted of the charge.
0: So those two things do not cancel one and out.
1: They do not. And it,
0: that is a whole different system or part of the system, you're
1: saying? Correct. Okay. Because we talked about life, liberty, and property. Well, right. life and liberty gets the protections of the criminal justice system. But... The driver's license is a piece of property.
0: So you're saying that if I, um, as uh, uh, John, John uh, Sh- Shannon Q. Public, okay. if I was able to uh, get a public defender to take care of the one side of it, once I'm done with that, then I have to figure out a way to hire an attorney to take care of the other side.
1: Oh, and it's it's more sinister than that. Oh, really? Because the there's actually, uh, you know, typically. Well, what you need to do is initiate a civil lawsuit. You need to sue the state of Minnesota, the Department of Public Safety, to get the license back and to get the reference to the revocation removed from your driving record. You that to... sounds
0: so complicated. Well, okay, yeah, Yeah, all right. all right. And
1: deliberately so. Okay. So you have to sue them to get it back. Now, typically, if you're going to sue somebody in a civil lawsuit in the state of Minnesota— The law says you get six years to file a civil lawsuit. That's the standard statute of limitations for any kind of civil action in Minnesota. Okay. Uh, but uh, when they invented this particular lawsuit, they didn't really want to give you all six of those years. Uh, close, though. 60 days.
0: Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> so, I may not have gotten the other part figured out yet. So how can I start this new lawsuit? Correct. And, okay. and
1: oftentimes, the you know, the, the police officers know this. And in a lot of places, the police officers get to choose the first court date for your appearance on your criminal case, and if you decided, you know what, I'm just going to give this guy a date that's 65 days from now, right, just to give him a chance to get his affairs in order, uh, what he's really (laughs) doing is guaranteeing that if you are a person of modest means who actually needs the services of a public defender, the very first time you're going to get to a talk to a lawyer about this, it will already be too late. The 60 days would have come and gone. You will have a permanent blemish on your driving record that says your license was revoked for being over the legal limit and in minnesota another little interesting twist of minnesota law that counts the same as a dwi conviction
0: wow now why i know uh, what's your perspective on why is it designed that way what was the methodology where they said, you know what, this is the, the just and right way to set up this process?
1: You know, I'm not sure that anybody really gave it enough thought at okay. the outset. Because, you, you, I mean, we literally live in a system uh, where a person of modest means cannot uh, defend themselves from an accusation of having drive, uh, driven drunks, right? So we take the guy who's a passenger in the car. right. Um, The, you know, the driver goes off to to get get gas, gas, Mm -hmm. comes back and sees the lights and turns and runs into the cornfield. (laughs) Right. So now we're going to go to trial and maybe that maybe that guy shows up and says, yeah, I didn't I didn't come back to the car because I was really drunk. Right. Right. And so the jury comes back and says not guilty. Right. But if that guy's being defended by a public defender, public defenders are not permitted in Minnesota to file civil actions on behalf of. The people they represent,
0: and so if they did the right thing, hopefully he'll say, "Well, you need to go get an attorney for this other side." But this gentleman who was just trying to sleep it off in the car might still be oblivious to the whole thing.
1: Correct. Right. Okay. Because no one—I mean, the you know the the public defenders—and don't get me wrong, these are these are great lawyers. They're, They're hardworking people. Uh, they're currently carrying about two and a half times the American Bar Association's recommended case law here or caseload here in Minnesota. OK, so these are hard, hard working people. And, you know, maybe they maybe they understand the law well enough to sit you down and explain to you, oh, by the way, I me, can't
0: do this, but you need to do this. Right.
1: Me okay. Getting you acquitted here is only half your problem um but yeah i mean the 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 license revocation being on the record minnesota has a, a what are called aggravated dwi charges okay uh, so they get aggravated by a number of things having a child in the car uh testing more than double the legal limit uh but the most common one is by having prior dwis on your record uh and if you were uh uh, uh you know a Charge, let's say you're acquitted by the jury because it was your buddy who was driving the car. Uh, The jury finds you not guilty, but you didn't challenge the license revocation. If you were to be prosecuted again for a DWI, it wouldn't be a misdemeanor DWI. Now the charge would go up to a gross misdemeanor DWI, punishable by four times more jail and three times more fines and six times, well, three times longer probationary terms. Um, not based on the fact that you were convicted of a DWI, but because a police officer thought you were the, one, the driver and you didn't have the wherewithal to challenge it. So you'll be facing an aggravated charge just as though you were convicted, even though you were acquitted.
0: Okay, I know we need to break that down more and give some, some people some information on how they can get out of this sticky situation. So we're going to cover that when we return here on The Mom Show. We're joined by Jeff Sheridan from Sheridan and Dulas, and we'll be right back. It's the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon. Jeff Sheridan from Sheridan and Doulas has been talking us through the very complicated process of the DWI laws here in Minnesota. And, um, I really appreciate you explaining this all. Cause again, we encourage everybody to, uh, Act responsibly out there. We are not encouraging you to go. Here's what you want to do, and here's how you can get and skirt these laws. We're saying the opposite. Actually, this is a very cumbersome process. So, if you can do your best to stay out of the system, you are doing yourself a favor,
1: right, yep, Jeff? Absolutely. Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah. Whatever it takes for you to not have to de- navigate this thing. And as you've said, it's coming at you these you know in a couple of different ways. And so, this one mistake can impact your career your family so many different things
1: absolutely and Mm -hmm. you know again i i I sort of half jokingly said that i thought our dwi law is the most un-american uh law on the books and the reason for that is is that it's the only crime anywhere in that big fat criminal code book it's the only crime where the state gets two whacks at you right they get to come after you you know they you get you get the the traditional criminal prosecution and then they come up with this what they refer to as a civil case but they make it count exactly the same as a criminal conviction because right. criminal convictions frankly are hard to come by so they've just come up with this easier way and made it count the
0: same There, where you just get it anyway mm-hmm. right. yeah that is so fascinating and we still have time if anyone would like to call in the 651-641-1071 that's 651-641-1071 so Let's say, OK, we think we got this done. You're saying I only have 60 days to uh, deal with the civil side
1: of this. Right. And that's not 60 days from your first court appearance in the criminal case. It's 60 days from the day the police officer puts that notice in order of revocation in your hand. So he's already lit the fuse. It's, right. it's burning. And if you you know, get a hearing notice that says you don't have to go to court till December and you start thinking about that, like, oh, well, there's no rush. I don't need to. Uh, get in and see anybody right away, you're you're burning through your rights, right? Because
0: it doesn't say on that notice, this is only half the battle. Oh, no, so yeah. if you haven't, uh, back to what we have said a couple of breaks ago, if you uh, don't talk to an attorney, you don't know that there is this additional clock that is ticking away for you.
1: Yes, I will Got tell it. you that that notice and order of revocation is written in a way that most lawyers wouldn't even understand it. You're it's right. just tiny print, legal gibberish, All to just get you to be so confused that all you do is notice the phone number, and then you call the phone number, and they'll tell you what you need to do to get your license back. And you're like, oh, okay, fine. My license is fine. Exactly. I've solved the problem. I'm on a work permit. I'm uh, I'm driving on the ignition interlock program. That's all cool. Done deal. Right. I've taken care of that process. Um, But that is not the case. And you do have to initiate that lawsuit. And and it's not inconsistent with driving. It's not like you have to choose. I'm either going to drive or I'm going to fight this. Right. Because you can go ahead and get yourself uh, reinstated on on a work permit or on that ignition interlock program and still initiate the lawsuit and fight about it. Because what we're really fighting about here is whether the 10 lines, and that's how much. this this revocation takes up on your driving record, whether those 10 lines are actually going to remain a permanent part of your driving record. Right. DWI is the one and only crime that once it lands on your record, will never, ever go away. Federal law prohibits any state from removing a reference to an alcohol related offense from a person's driving record.
0: And we want you to go back to work because one of the things that you discuss is this is something that you can't legal zoom your way out of this. You really (laughs) need to be able to go and get an attorney and help navigate this process.
1: Absolutely. This Mm -hmm. is, this is actual, if you sue, if you sue to get your driver's license back, uh, you're going to end up in trial 100% of the time. Okay. The, the attorney generals handle these prosecutions and they are under strict instructions never to settle one of these cases. Okay. They think if they start negotiating these cases that, that more people will we'll suited to get their license back. So as a, basically a crowd control measure uh, they have a policy that they don't settle. So right. we end up, This is not something that you're going to be able to do by yourself. Right. uh, And it's not something you can do with uh, online advice. You are going to actually need a lawyer. Who that knows, handles this who knows where the courthouse is and <laughs> knows what to do once he gets there.
0: And this is something that has to be going on in the you know the background while you were handling things. So we just want to remind people that again, so much of what we uh, do here on the Mom Show is going find the proper advice, find the proper um, you know we we do it with all of our experts, and you guys all do a great job of saying, hey, find someone who is willing to sit down, explain things in a manner that you need things explained, and to help you through some of these processes.
1: Absolutely, it literally. It is uh, the DWI crime is the most complicated, the longest criminal law statute in that entire codebook, And the idea that you're going to be able to do a little noodling around on right. the internet and figure this all out on your own uh, is just crazy. And again, the, the system actually has these little, these little uh, trip ups yes. that are built into them. I actually have a whole segment on our website called the dirty little secrets of DWI that talk about the ways in which the statute, uh, is uh, is designed to trip you up at the at and and have you end up with a DWI regardless of whether a jury ever finds you guilty.
0: So the full list is at ssdpa.com, right? Correct. What are some of the big ones that you kind of just go? Well, let me drop a couple of these nuggets on you. These trip ups.
1: Well, the, I mean, the first one is the one we've already talked about: the idea of putting a a, a person's first court appearance out beyond the time that they have uh, to file the lawsuit. Because right. You know, like I said, a lot of people who, who will look at this and think that their only option is to go with a public defender and the first chance they're going to get to talk to the public defender is at this first court appearance. But if you've waited 65 days for your first court appearance, the first thing the public defender is going to tell you is, look, I I can help you here, but it's already so, too late. Yeah. You've already got a DWI and a record for the rest of your life. Um they used to have uh, different time frames, right? Where challenging the driver's license was 30 days, but challenging like a vehicle forfeiture, if you have enough uh, DWIs, they're actually going to go after your car, right. Uh, and they would give you 60 days to do that. What they wouldn't tell you is that in the 60 day t- time delay uh, is that if you haven't already won your implied consent, it doesn't matter what happens in the forfeiture case; you're going to lose your car too, right? <laughs> so they, they, it's, it's it's that kind of stuff. And I've got you know I've got a whole his uh, whole list of dirty little secrets of uh, DWI. Uh, uh, go to the website, watch them; they're, right. they're all done as video clips. So,
0: so back to the beginning of the scenario as we're getting ready to kind of wrap up today's show. Jeff, is it a matter of let's start with? Call an attorney, listen to your attorney. When you get out of jail, immediately go meet with an attorney.
1: Absolutely. Time is of the essence here. And uh, the longer you wait, uh, the the harder it becomes. If for no other reason than while you're waiting, you're also sitting there without your driving privileges. So absolutely. Get in touch with a lawyer. There is not a reason in the world to wait.
0: And Josh, we're going to take your question before we wrap up today. So Josh, you have a question on a DUI?
1: Yeah, I do actually. Um, First off, is there a uh, statute of limitations for being charged with a DUI? Yes. There is, and how long would that be? That's three years. Three, three. years, because that's what I've actually,
0: two and a half years ago, I was arrested. I was sitting in my truck and got a DUI, and they gave me the, uh, I think a day after that, or maybe that day, I can't remember, Um, the seven days for my driver's license. But then after that, I never heard anything, so... Uh, i've never gone to court, never had any kind of summons or anything so i was just wondering if i go and if anything would trigger if I go to pay to get my license back, would that be that they haven't brought me to court yet or
1: uh, well the uh, the 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 upside of the two things being unrelated where right, one of them is a fight with the the prosecutor's office and the other is a fight with the Department of Public safety but yeah, yeah. there's no reason you can't go ahead and uh, and get your license back i mean there's you you go through the hoops the the, uh, you know, pay the reinstatement fee. They'll make you retake the tests Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, you can get your license back and the, and the department of public safety uh, has no connection with the prosecutor's office or the criminal court. So it is unlikely that that alone would trigger it, but yeah, there's a, there's a three year statute of limitations and that's just to get you charged. So if, if you've been charged and it's just languishing in the courthouse somewhere, uh, you know with a warrant or or a summons or something like that 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 uh, uh, that's not gonna save you from the three years. but again, e- you know each each situation is different and I would encourage you to consult with an attorney about okay. your specific situation. Awesome, thank you.
0: thanks, Josh. I hope everything works out for you because again, Josh may be a monster when he gets home, but he sounds like a perfectly nice character. <laughs> Got to thing, And so just reminding everybody that we want you to be armed with the right information if something does out of a, a mistake happen to you.
1: Correct. And, you know, I uh, as, as I tell everybody, when I first started doing this, one in 21 drivers in Minnesota had a DWI on their record. It's now up to one in seven. Uh, and, uh, you know, we... They, don't, they aren't people with horns. These are not devils. These are our neighbors. They're our friends. And these things, it's it's a crime that can happen by mistake. It's a crime that can literally happen while you're sleeping.
0: Right. And we hope <laughs> it doesn't happen to you. But you can go to the Sheridan and Dulles website at ssdpa.com.